Join us now for Education Matters, a weekly look at the real people and real stories in education across North Carolina. Welcome to another episode of Education Matters presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Keith Poston. We have a very special show today. We're actually recording this live in front of an audience at Marvel's Kids Museum in downtown Raleigh at the Forum's 2017 Eggs and Issues Breakfast. We just presented our top 10 issues for the year, and I know we're gonna be talking about some of those today, but first I wanna introduce who our special guest is today for the event and for the show, Governor Roy Cooper. Thank you, Keith. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. You are too kind. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We, uh, we appreciate you uh, making time and agreeing to be on the show. You know, we, we, we wanted to have the governor on, um, you know, for our first show after when the legislative session came in. But, of course, we had to wait until uh, December to find out <laughs> if you were going to be the governor or not. We knew. So we, we knew. <laughs> we knew. <laughs> so... Um, now, I want to start with you. Obviously, on the campaign trail, you talked a lot about public education. Yep. Where did that come from? I mean, where, where, where does that start for you? Well, first, I can look out at the audience here today and see so many faces of people who have made public education great in North Carolina. And the public school forum for 30 years has played a large role in that. Our, I talked to John Dornan just a minute ago. 30 years ago, I came to the General Assembly, and the Public School Forum uh, provided guidance to me in trying to shape education. So thank you, and thank all of you for the excellent work you do in bringing Republicans and Democrats and the business community and the education community together to, to come up with common sense ideas, and I'm grateful for that. I'm a product of the public schools, and I am so proud of that. Kristen and I have three daughters. They are products of the public schools. Uh, our schools have made our state great. My mom was a public school teacher, and many of you have heard me talk about my mom time and again, and people coming up to me and saying, I want to pay you a compliment. I think it's about me, and they'll say, your mom was the <laughs> best teacher I ever had. And it, it shows you, though, the power of public education. I remember so many of my teachers. Right. I'm so grateful for the public education that my three daughters got, uh, actually all the way from kindergarten through professional school. Right. And, and the, what we've been able to do here in North Carolina has been very meaningful, and we've got to continue it. We are slipping, and we have a lot of work to do all the way from early childhood to our university. And I'm gonna take the experiences that I have had. I want kids in North Carolina to have the same opportunities and experiences that I had and that my kids had in public schools. And it's a real challenge for us right now. Right, it does seem um, like you, I'm a native North Carolinian and it always seemed like it was something that, um, I don't know, I kind of took for granted. That yeah. Everyone believed in supporting our university system, our community colleges, our public schools. Um, it wasn't quite, um, it didn't become as, um, uh, uh, it was such a partisan thing. I mean, there are always squabbles. I mean, yep. it's, you know, that's, sure. that's politics, right? But, uh, um, I mean, what do you think um, in terms of what, um, 
uh, we should do to sort of start getting back to it? Well, public education is not only in our state constitution and required by our state constitution. I think it's in our DNA as North Carolinians. It's, it's part of who we are. We're the first state in this country to open our doors to higher education supported by the public. We have some hard choices to make. I think the public school forum has come up with an excellent top 10 uh, of list of things to do in our public schools. We know we've got to raise teacher pay. We know we've got to raise principal and assistant principal pay. We know we've got to invest all the way from early childhood to our universities. But what does that mean? I, I, I looked at all 10 of them, and most all of them had the words boost, raise, invest. And we've got to make choices as a state. And the economy is beginning to, to turn around. Tax revenue from hardworking North Carolinians is coming in. The choice we're going to be making here in the next few months is do we continue corporate tax reductions? Do we continue personal income tax reductions that mostly benefit the wealthy, wealthy when you have a flat tax? Or are we going to say, we've done enough. It's time now to truly invest in education. And I'm asking the business community everywhere I go, I'm telling them I want them to do three things for me and to use their political capital on three things. I know a lot of the business community has been working on corporate tax, working on unemployment tax and those kinds of things. I, and many of them have been working on education, but now that has got to be the number one priority in addition to repealing House Bill 2, in, in addition to help us pull down three to four billion dollars uh, in reforming and expanding Medicaid here in North Carolina to help invest in our economy. Those are the three things that I want them to do. So I'm going to be asking the business community to go to the General Assembly and say, don't cut the corporate tax again. Instead, raise teacher pay. Right. Thank you. Well, believe me, it is a choice. It, it is it, a choice. You cannot do everything. And when you do tax cuts, let's target the middle class. Let's target the people who really need it. Right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to get into some of the other topics that we want to talk about, including uh, uh, school choice and uh, different ways to uh, reach all of our children in North Carolina. So we'll be back in just a minute. Thanks. Welcome back to Education Matters. Uh, we are glad to have Governor Cooper with us here for the entire episode. Um, we're going to move now into, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the, the hot issues. I mean, obviously, um, now we've got to change uh, Democratic governor, the Republican legislature with supermajorities in both House and Senate, so they've got a lot of priorities that maybe aren't some of yours. Some of those might be the issues of um, some of the school choice options, sp specifically private school vouchers. Uh, the Opportunity Scholarship Program. What, what are your thoughts on that program? First, we've got to make public schools the best they can be. And we talked earlier about limited funding. I mean, we don't want to increase taxes on North Carolina taxpayers just as the economy is turning around. So 
how can you provide the most accountability for public education? I believe we need to continue to invest in our public schools. I am very concerned and have opposed vouchers because of the lack of accountability. Uh, we really don't know what these schools are doing and how they are performing. And I think instead, we need to invest in our public schools. Uh, I realize that there are some kids who are now going through the system and we have to figure out how to deal with those who already are accepting these vouchers. But I'm, I'm concerned about continuing it, particularly if there's no additional accountability and demands about uh, where this money's going and how it's being used. Instead, we've got to invest in making our schools that are performing poorly better. Right. And it's, it comes down to a choice again, right. because we do have limited funding, and we can go down the list of all the things that we want to do. And I'm putting together a budget right now to present to the General Assembly, and believe me, those choices are hard. But when you've got a choice of unaccountable private school vouchers and raising teacher pay and making sure schools have the proper supplies and lowering class size and making sure you don't cut their teacher assistance and lifting principal pay and making sure that, that we invest in early childhood, the list goes on. Uh, vouchers should not be right. in that list when we've got limited no, I, 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 You know, we had, um, we had an episode on, it was one of our first couple of episodes, we had some teachers on who talked about how much money they spend out of their own pocket. I mean, you probably saw it when you were, or even, even back then, but certainly now I have a sister who's a, a teacher in Cumberland County, and I know those teachers go out and um, they shop for their own kids, and, and they've got a separate cart to shop for their classroom, and that's, um, that shouldn't be that way in North Carolina, should it? We need to listen to our educators. One of the things that I have done over the last couple of years, I, I go to schools. Uh, I, I go for different reasons, but I usually try to take time to listen to teachers, to teacher assistants, to principals and assistant principals. And when you listen to them, you get to hear where the problems are. And one of these is a problem. I, I talk to teachers when I'm there almost all the time who are pulling money out of their own pocket to pay for school supplies, who have more and more kids in the classroom. One third grade teacher just came up to me just in despair and said, I really love what I'm doing, but I don't feel that I am being respected from state government. And what we have to do is to respect that respect. I told that third grade teacher, I said, first, you keep doing what you're doing and working as hard as you work, because I remember my third grade teacher, Ms. Batchelor, who <laughs> hugged me the morning my grandmother died. She made a difference in my life. And I told her, you're making a difference every single day in the lives of these kids. You matter. And what we have to do as a state government is to reward you to bring your position the respect that it deserves. And part of that is making sure they're paid adequately and making the teaching profession attractive again for young people. And I've got a lot of ideas and so does the, the forum, 
about how we do that, and we've got to make that. Well, you, we talked about it. Uh, you and I've talked about it before about the about the teaching fellows program, yep. and you know, uh, in our top ten issues, we talked about that. I know that's something you mentioned that you think we should bring back. Well. I came to the state legislature in 1987, and I was on the interview panel for the first class of applicants for teaching fellows scholarships. I started looking at the application and talking to the kids, and I said, we're getting the top of the class. We're getting the very best students to agree to teach in our schools for at least four years. This is an incredible idea. And we know that it worked. Now, I know that it has run into political turmoil. We've got to find a way to make sure that we set up some type of scholarship, stipend. We might, to start out, to limit it to teaching in schools where we need to teach or subjects that it's hard to attract teachers to. But we've got to get it started again to attract these top students to get into teaching. And it, it was a tool that was worth the money, and the payback was significant. Right. We got, we've got to start it in some way again. And I'm willing to work right. across the aisle and make sure that it happens. We're gonna, we have to take another commercial break. Um, and when we get back, I want to talk to you about how can we find common ground on a lot of these key issues. So stick around. Welcome back to Education Matters. We're still here with uh, Governor Roy Cooper. Again, thank you for being here with us today. We just talked about, uh, well, we're talking about the Teaching Fellows Program, but we're really talking about priorities. Um, we know what the political situation is. I mean, it's, um, our nation is divided. You know, our state is divided in a lot of ways. Um, although when you go out and just talk to folks, you know, it doesn't seem quite so divided when you talk about things like public education. So how do you as governor build bridges um, in an environment that, that's so hyper sort of partisan? We have never been as politically divided as a country and as a state as we are right now. The hyperbole, the, the strident comments that are being made by both sides are part of our political atmosphere. And it is something that I wish we could down, but I think the key is that when it comes down to public policy, to issues, the people expect us to roll up our sleeves, to sit down the table and find consensus, find areas where we can agree, even with the background noise of all the political hyperbole. I mean, we, I'm doing that now as governor, and I think these Republican legislative leaders and Democratic leaders can do that as well. As you recall, right after my election, you had all of the legislation concerning the powers and duties of the governor and the, the changes there. We obviously disagreed on that, and we're in court on a number of those issues. But we still were able to sit down and talk about repeal of House Bill 2 because it was so important. Right. And I think that even though you're seeing a lot of uh, disagreement publicly because media likes to pay attention to controversy. Right. There are going to be hundreds of ways 
that we can find consensus and work together as long as we all like, act like adults and realize that this political atmosphere is a re reality, but we almost have to separate it from the public policy part of it. And you know, you got people like Gene Arnold, who's a Republican. There are a lot of Republicans who support public education Absolutely. over in the General Assembly. There are a lot of Republicans who understand the importance of raising teacher salaries. There have been a number of individual pieces of legislation introduced by Republican legislative leaders that raise teacher salaries significantly. So clearly there is common ground in some of these areas. And it is our duty as elected officials to find those areas of, of common ground. And I am committed to doing that. You know, it gets a little harder when you're talking about accountability and differentiated pay and the other issues where we have some disputes. But one of the things we can all agree on, we aren't paying our teachers and principals enough right. money, period, right. Right. basically. And I, and I do and, think, I mean, and, I think that's something that has changed over yeah. the last few years. I do think we have, we have some bipartisan agreement on that, which, and, and so that looks like something that you, that you should be able to work together. Look, if we can't come together around our children, I mean, you know, what else can we come around? So I, you know, there are going to always be policy uh, differences. You mentioned early childhood education. It's one of the ones that we highlighted. Um, you've seen it yourself as far as your own um, daughters. I mean, it's important to have, um, I mean, what, what are your plans and your, what are you thinking about in terms of proposals for boosting uh, funding for that? Well, we know early childhood education works. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I want to do as governor is to make sure we use data and research-driven policies that, that we know work. Early childhood works. I helped put Smart Start together with Governor Hunt uh, during uh, the gen when I was in the General Assembly and the, the Senate Majority Leader, and we worked hard to form public-private partnerships. And I think that we have to invest and the issue is going to be in the whole uh, list of things that we need to do, how much we can do in each one. We're going to do the best that we can. We're going to fight for that because we know it starts at the beginning. And uh, you had a, a segment on poverty. And you know we, we think about poverty being in rural North Carolina. Here in Charlotte and Raleigh, two of our fastest growing economies, we have double-digit poverty rates in each of those cities. Yeah. So it, it is pervasive across North Carolina, yeah. and education is the way out. Absolutely. It is the key. And starting these kids early uh, is a moral responsibility, I believe, for all of us. And it helps our economy and helps everybody. All right, we're going to take our final commercial break, and then when we come back, we're going to have some little final discussion. We'd love to hear what some thoughts for what people who are watching and people here in the room, what they can do to, to support education. <laughs> Governor, again, thank you for being here today. One thing that uh, I think I'd be curious, and I know our audience would, and those watching, um, as citizens, uh, as business folks, as uh, teachers, parents, what can we do um, to sort of, one, help support education in North Carolina, but also to help um, find some more common ground and consensus around education? 
I think, number one, people can personally be involved in their public schools. And you don't have to have kids in the public schools to be involved. They're, they're all the time needing tutors and mentors and volunteers and donations. So personal involvement in our public schools can matter. These professionals need all of the help that they can get and support from the community that they can get. Secondly, I would tell people to contact their elected officials and let them know that education is important to them and contact the people who have influence over the General Assembly. I'm, I'm asking the business community time and time again, they need to make education their number one priority now. I know that it has been in the past with, with many of them, but using real political capital to say education first here with this budget. And I think if we all pull together, we can have a positive effect. Well, on what are your, one of your primary roles as governor is, is kind of the chief economic development officer for the right. state of North Carolina. And I talk to business people myself and economic developers, and they'll tell you that they get questions they didn't used to get about North Carolina. Education was kind of one of those things that they, well, yeah, we, that, that's your, you know, we know that's your thing. Well, I talked to CEOs working hard to get them to come to North Carolina, to stay in North Carolina. We're working to get innovators and entrepreneurs uh, capital they need and small businesses growing their jobs. When you talk to these CEOs, the first question I get is not what is your corporate tax? The first question I get is, do you have the people who can perform the jobs that I create? Do you have that well-trained workforce? That starts with education. That starts with coordination, uh, early childhood, K through 12, our relationship with our community colleges and our economic engines, which are our great universities. We have to make sure that we are providing the well-trained workforce, the kind of jobs that we want they're not going to come unless they're sure that they've got the people who can perform the jobs. And I've been telling the incredibly talented array of people who volunteered to come to work in this administration, who want to be cabinet secretaries and who want to work with us, I tell them, this is what I want. At the end of the day, I want a more educated North Carolina that's healthier, that has more money in their pockets, and that they have the opportunities to have a more purposeful and abundant life. That's what I want. And a key to that, a key to that is, is education. A, a more educated population is a happier population, has more money, is healthier, and it all starts there. Well, I, like I, I mean, I, I like to be optimistic about those things, and that, that's the kind of message that I think um, I mean, who doesn't agree with that? But uh, again, we, like you said, we get caught up in the noise. Um, well, the, I think people agree with that, but the question of how we get there is, is one, you know, you talk about the school choice issue, talk about other uh, issues that we have that we disagree in the public education arena uh, uh, about how we're gonna treat, treat our teachers. Uh, we've gotta work through those things, but the, the bottom line is you can say it but the question is, do you do it? And your budget reflects your priorities, no matter how much you talk about something. Right, show, me, show me your budget and I'll show you what there, you value. There you go. And, and that's what uh, 
That's going to be a key right now. There are a lot of other important issues, and obviously we have issues regarding governance of, of education, but true leaders in education can galvanize people to do the right thing. Right. And I think we've got some people in this state who are going to be leaders well, in education, and I'm optimistic about what we can do. Well, we wish you well. I know everyone in the room does because this is important to the state. We appreciate your time today, your service to the state, and uh, we hope that you can um, you know, get some of the things done you're talking about. So again, thank you for joining us. Let's Thanks give them a round of applause. Thank you.